the past three months have been the most intense months of my life, both like physically, spiritually, emotionally, just all over the place. Just you know, the Lord did a really awesome, awesome work. So um, those of you who don't know, the past three months I've been traveling, as Pastor Lytel kind of mentioned, with a group called the War Blitz. So this is kind of a, a subgroup from the Minutemen Ministry. So uh, most of us in here have heard of Jim Van Geldren. He travels around with the War Special Forces. So their emphasis is specifically towards Christian schools. So they go towards to, to churches that have a Christian school involved. And they'll go there, and they're more revival-focused, you know, getting kids, kids right with the Lord and seeing them seeing them on fire and stuff like that. But the group that I traveled with is called the War Blitz. So what we do is we go to churches that don't have Christian schools that are affiliated with them. And we mainly focus on public school kids. Our, our, our main focus is going to be more so the gospel, letting kids know about our Savior, Jesus Christ, and seeing many of them come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So we go out recruiting. We do a bunch of different things to get these kids from the outside and bring them into church. And over the past three months, we actually saw over 100 kids, 100 teenagers, accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So it was a little bit over 10 a week. So it was really, really awesome to see the Lord work and really to see that the gospel, hey, it still saves. There's still teens that want to come, and there's still teens that need to know about Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. So it was really awesome to see 100, over 100 teens get saved and also to see many other teenagers um, get right with their parents and and, and get, get right with the Lord and stuff like that. So it really was an awesome week. But also traveling around the country, I was able to see a bunch of different churches. And let me tell you, there is not a church like your home church. I love Gospel Baptist Church. I love you all here. It's a really great place to be and a really great place to worship. And let me tell you this as well. There is no pastor around the country, or at least that I've met yet, that's quite like Pastor Lytel. He's definitely... Uh, He's a unique guy, but I, I definitely love him, and I'm really glad that he's a part, part of our church here. And uh, he's a great shepherd. He really is to lead, lead us all and stuff like that. So before I begin, let me just go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I want to just thank you for this day. I want to thank you for the opportunity to, to be able to preach here a little bit tonight. Um, every time I stand behind this pulpit, I always feel um, unworthy, Lord, to, to be up here. There's so many people in this crowd that have more wisdom than I do that are that seem like they're more qualified than I am, Lord, but for whatever reason, you've called me to proclaim your word to, to the world, Lord. I want to just thank you for that opportunity. I pray that you would just be all with all of us in here tonight, that we would um, all be able to get something from this message. I know it'll be a little bit different. I hopefully it'll all be an encouragement to them and, and to show them, hey, that, hey, the gospel still saves and that there's still people who are dying and going to hell that need to know you as their personal Savior, Lord. I pray that tonight's message would just be an encouragement all of us in here, and I pray that you just give me the words to say and, and help me to, to just uh, get my point across to these people here tonight, Lord. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight's message is going to kind of be a little bit different. I've got to be kind of going over the past three months of, of what I've been doing and, and kind of some lessons that I've learned over the past three months. So it'll be more of a uh, uh, kind of a casual message, more of a hopefully an encouraging message to all of you guys here tonight. So if you please turn into your Bibles to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to be looking at verses 18 through 20. So it's a really famous passage, Matthew chapter 28, and verses 18 through 20. All right, starting in verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Wow, what an awesome, what an awesome three, three verses right there. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's really what uh, the emphasis was this past three months of my life is giving the gospel out to those who need to hear it. Now, I don't want tonight to be a, a message where it's just, oh, I'm up here just talking about all these great things that I was able to do and stuff like that. I don't want it to be like that, but I want you just, us all to see tonight of, of how the Lord still works, and he wants to use us in, in this room. I mean, if you knew me in high school, um, he, even after uh, my uh, graduation and stuff like that, even after I spoke for the testimony and stuff like that, so people would come up to me and be like, Thomas, I never knew you even talked. I haven't even heard you talk before, like all these years and stuff like that. And you look at me in, in high school and you'd be like, okay, how in the world is the Lord going to use me? Sure, I thought, lots of people thought that I was a good kid and stuff like that. But they didn't really uh, know who I was. And that, that I looked at myself and I'm like, how in the world can God use me? And I was really able to see how God can use just an ordinary person to do extraordinary things. And I got to kind of be going over a couple of steps and things that I've seen in the ministry, in the war, in the Minutemen ministries that I've seen that can really help us all here tonight. Uh, first of all, if we want to see the gospel go out to the world, first of all, we got to be bold. We have to be bold. We have to have boldness. So we got to be bold when it comes to sharing our faith. So I kind of look up a little bit of statistics of how in the world do people end up coming to church? Like, you know, most people aren't going to come to church if they don't hear about it in some form or fashion. Like, Sure, lots of people know that they should go to church and stuff like that. But, I mean, in reality, nobody's really going to go, especially the younger generation. They're not really going to go just out of a whim. Just be like, oh, it's Sunday. You know what? I'm just going to go to church and stuff like that. Most of the times, they're going to have to be invited. So I looked up a little bit of statistics of how in the world people actually get into church. So I saw that 2% come by advertisement. So this can be something pops up on Facebook, some, some billboard or something that has up there. 2%. Not a very high percentage. All right, 6% come by a pastoral invitation. So 6% pastor will come and invite them, or he's, he's in some setting somewhere, in some meeting somewhere, and the pastor will invite them to come to church. 6%. Still not all that much, right? Okay, another 6% was by organized evangelical campaign. So this is kind of like door-to-door or what we're going to be doing uh, on this Wednesday, the fall festival and stuff like that. 6% will come from that. Okay, that's, we're getting a little bit better, you know, 2%, not that much by advertisement, 6% by a pastor inviting them. Okay, that's a little bit more. Another 6% by some evangelical outreach, a little bit more, but come on, we can do a little bit better. All right, so 86% of people who come to church are going to come because a friend or a relative invites them, 86%. I thought that was absolutely crazy. So that really showed me that, sure, advertising, yes, it'll bring people in. Pastors, they'll bring people in. An evangelical event, door-to-door, stuff like that, sure, that'll bring people in. But what's the most important way to get people in? It's going to be invitation by somebody that knows them, by a friend. That's, that's like you and your coworkers. That's how people are going to come in. It's a personal invitation by somebody that knows you or you know them in some form or fashion, whether it's work, whether it's some community event that you're involved in, stuff like that. That's how they're going to come. 86% of people who come to church will come by an invitation. Uh, Billy Graham once said that evangelistic harvest is always urgent. The destiny of man and of nations is always being decided. Every generation is strategic. We are not responsible for the past generation, but we, can bear, can, we cannot bear the responsibility for the next one. But we do have our generation. 
God will hold us responsible for how well we fulfill our responsibilities to this age and take advantage of our opportunities. So look, we can't, we can't rely on uh, generations before us. You know what? They didn't do a good job. Their kids aren't in church because, you know, they didn't invite their family. They didn't invite their, uh, their parents and stuff like that. So these kids, I mean, that's not my problem. No, every single generation. The Lord's put us in this generation for a reason. Sure, I see uh, all, these, all these older people that say, oh, it used to be so much easier back when I, when I was a kid. There was all, everybody, all, everybody's in church. You know, everybody goes to church. Everybody knows, I mean, everybody's grandpa is a pastor, something like that. And yet I look at that and I'm like, okay, yeah, it, it may have been quote-unquote easier. But hey, there's still ways to get into to, to public schools. There's still ways to get out, out, have outreach in our own generation right now. And that really got me fired up just to see how that, you know what, we just have to be bold. We have to go out on a limb and go out and do that. So, okay, one of the biggest things that we have in the past three months was on Thursday and Friday. So every week we get, we get to a church on Wednesday night. We'd have the Wednesday night service. And then on Thursday was our big, it's what we call our recruiting days. Now, this is the thing that I was the most scared about when I was going. I always heard that they go recruiting. So, all right, recruiting. So we would wake up early every Thursday morning and every Friday morning. So it was about kind of the same schedule both days. Thursday and Friday was kind of the same exact schedule. This is what freaked me out the most. All right, so we had to wake up early. That wasn't the most scary part, but that was pretty scary. We had to wake up early, get ready for the, the school bus routes that go out and stuff like that. So we'd, we'd ask some of the church members and stuff like that, you know, where's the nearest bus stop? Where do all the kids get on the, the school bus and stuff like that? And so lots of them would tell us different areas, you know, where the kids get on the school buses and everything. And so wake up early, we go to a school bus, and we try to recruit them. So I'm going to kind of go over a little bit of a spiel that we give these kids. So we'd have an invitation, and then we hand it out to these kids. So we have our invitation right here, talks to them about the event, tells them everything that's going on. So we go up to a kid. My favorite was when we went out in the afternoon. So the morning was usually take one vehicle. So they'd give us a vehicle that we can go recruiting in. I don't know why, but it always seemed like I would get the sketchy church van, the white van with, like, hardly any windows, all white, half the time the paint was peeling off. I mean, that looked, that's the, like, somebody's going to kidnap me van. Like, that was the van. That was me. And so what I would be doing is I would be, uh, it, like, in a Walmart. We'd go to different places, whether it be, like, Walmart or in a mall or in some area. And so we'd take our flyers, and we'd go look, go look for teenagers. So what we do is, so pretty much... I mean, it was kind of stalker, kind of, kind of, all right? So I'll be going down the aisle. I'd be looking. Any teenagers? No. Any teenagers? No. Any teenagers? No. Any teenagers? Oh, yeah, I think there was one back there. All right, well, I, I don't want to look uh, too sketchy or anything like that. So I usually kind of just, like, casually, like, walk around the corner. And all of a sudden, I see them, and I'd be like, hey, have you heard about the War Blitz? Okay, it wasn't usually that crazy. So I'd be like, hey, have you guys heard about the War Blitz? And then you usually say, uh, no, no. What, what's that? And I'd be like, well, it's electrifying three-night competition we got going on for teenagers. You guys like competition? Usually teenagers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. Okay, okay, awesome. Well, let me tell you what we got. So we got this big ball. This thing is four feet by four feet. We use it to play both volleyball and basketball. But everything that we do is, like, completely over the top. So this basketball, when we play basketball with that four-foot ball, we're not doing five-on-five. Five. We're going to be doing more like 30-on-30, 40-on-40. I mean, sometimes even more. Volleyball, it's not going to be bump, set, spike like it used to. It's going to be more like bump, set, splat. Like people go to spike this ball, that ball will spike you back down to the ground. You'll look like a human golf team when that thing gets done with you. 
All right, on Sunday night, we got a game called Spoketacle. Now, this has been nicknamed America's Roughest Race. You can legally body check, take down, clothesline, tackle trip, push up, side tackle, plastic, arm jack, hip toss, pretty much anything goes. And usually parents are like, whoa, whoa, my kid doesn't need to be involved in that. Usually kids are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, yeah, bring that kid from school that, you know, like gets on everyone's nerves, bring him there. Usually all the teams would be like, oh, yeah, Kevin. Oh, God. I had to say something out of his breath. Yeah, dude, bring Kevin. Yeah, bring Kevin. Put him on the other team. That's your chance. You know, you'll take him out. All right, Monday night, we're going to have tug of war over a thigh deep mud pit. And I had to dig that mud pit. It was terrible. It was awful. So Monday night, we got tug of war over a thigh deep mud pit. This mud is like the consistency of Wendy's Frosty. It doesn't taste anything like it. So bring your ex. Put her on the other team. Watch her be dragged across that mud pit. She'll come out the other end looking like a Tootsie Roll with teeth. And then I'd go and invite them to the event, so I'd be like, okay, so this is happening this Saturday, Sunday, and Monday night from 6 o'clock to 8.45, and I, like, gospel at this church. And so what I'm doing right now is I get people signed up for my team. So I'm getting a name and a number of anybody who's even mildly interested. What I'm going to do is, because we also have free food. I almost forgot about that. We're going to have free food. So what I'm doing is i got to figure out how many people are going to be there. So I'm getting a name and number. Anybody who's even mildly interested. I'm going to send out a text on Saturday so we can kind of figure out how many people are going to be there so we can figure out how much food and stuff like that and we need to get ready for the event. Does it sound good? And then usually they'd be like, uh, yeah. All right, so what's your name? Do-do-do. Okay, you know, Bob. Okay, what's your number? And they give me their number. And I'm like, that's what I would do. Isn't that the craziest thing ever? Teens would actually give me their name and their number and popping out of this sketchy church, white church band and stuff like that. But in myself, that was like the scariest thing to do. I mean, I'm literally going up to a random person. I have never met them. I didn't know a thing about them. And then in 30 seconds later, after I give the whole spiel, I'd ask for the name and the number. That's really weird. That is not in my comfort zone. I don't want to go up to somebody random and just start talking to them about this event and then asking for their name and their number in like a minute or two. That's not normal. That's not me. But that's the way that we have to go out there. Sometimes we're going to put ourselves on a limb. We're going to go out there. If we're going to see these people come in, we're going to have to go out there. We're going to have to get out of our comfort zone and invite people. We're going to have to be bold for our faith and inviting others to church. So that was one of the biggest reasons why Christians don't share their faith. I'd say the first one is just flat-out fear. You see, that's not normal like I've been talking about. We have this fear, and, and as Pastor Lytel was mentioning this morning, we all have something that usually makes us fearful. For a lot of us, that is going out and talking to someone that we don't know or maybe going to a neighbor's house and inviting them to a church event. That's one of the biggest reasons why people just don't go out there and invite others. Mark 8:38 says, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my word in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. So that was a verse that really got to me. You know, if, if we're ashamed of Jesus Christ, you know, he's kind of ashamed of us. If we don't go out there and we don't put ourselves on a limb, if we're not bold, if we don't go out there and do those things that we know has to be done, we do all those things that we know we should be doing, like inviting others, giving out the gospel. You know what? God's going to be ashamed of us if we don't go out and do those things. Next reason why people don't usually share the gospel or go out there is just because they don't feel like they're knowledgeable enough. They, don't, they feel like they're going to go out there and people are going to ask questions that they're going to have no idea how to answer. And, well, that's, there's a simple, simple way to fix that. We just got to study our Bibles. Like, like study your Bibles. 2 Timothy 2.15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, 
a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Yes, yeah, sure, there is a fear of somebody asking you a question that you're not going to be able to answer. But in reality, there's going to be some crazy questions that people are going to ask that you are, there's no way you're going to be ready for it. No matter how much you study, no matter what. I mean, I've asked, I've had so many teenagers ask me just like the craziest questions. I'm like, does that have to do with anything? I, I'm pretty sure that's not even like Bible. Like, what in, the, what in the world are you even talking about? Like, they'd ask the craziest questions. And that's the thing. We're not always going to be ready. We're all, not always going to know what somebody's going to ask us, and we're not always going to have the answers. But you know what? We can't have those basic answers down. We can't have those uh, just a way that we could go through the gospel, whether it's memorizing the Romans road or, or some of these basic questions that we know that some people are going to have. So 2 Timothy 2.15, you know, we got to just study to know our, our Bible. And we got to allow, allow the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. John 14 and verse 26 says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So you got to let the Holy Spirit guide us, allow him to be our teacher. I know there's many times when I was um, counseling some of these teens, and they'd ask me, you know, these crazy things. And just, I don't know, what ha- you know, the Holy Spirit just brought stuff to my mind, whether it was a verse that I've gone over when I was a kid or something like that. You know, the Holy Spirit, let him guide you through those times that you don't know, uh, through those times that you don't have the answers to those questions. you got to let the Holy Spirit be your guide. Finally, we can't go out on our own strength. We have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Second uh, Corinthians 3.17 says, now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And also John 14 and verse 16, it says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. So that we can't rely on our own strength. We can't rely on our own wisdom. But we have to rely on the strength and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. So that was one way in which the Lord has taught me. I have to go out there. We have to be bold about our faith. They're not going to come in to us. We have to go out there and bring them in. Like I said, there was was a 86% come, my friends or relatives, inviting them. But when was the last time you've invited a friend to church? When was the last time you've invited a coworker to church or or your neighbor? Hey, this is uh, coming around the Christmas time. This is the best time to invite somebody to church. Or even the fall festival, maybe your kids, maybe your neighbors have kids or something like that. There's no greater time to invite them than Christmas time. Everybody's open. So, hey, this Christmas holiday, this Christmas season, let's go out there. Let's be bold for our faith. Secondly, the second thing that I learned is to just simply have faith. Now, faith is, is one of those things that we kind of assume is a part of everything that we do. And underlying faith, yes, it kind of is. Many of the things that we do when we go out, let's say the bus ministry. When we go out on the bus ministry, when we go out there and actually do it, sure, we have faith that the Lord's going to bring people in. But then again, do we really have, you know, faith that's just deeper than, okay, I'm going out and we're trying to do our best to bring kids in. But do we really have a genuine faith, a genuine belief that God's going to bring those kids in? I feel like that was one of the things that I was, like I said, it was, it was kind of always assumed that faith is a part of everything. But yet, there has to be a, a deeper faith. It's more like an implied thing that we, we've been taught, faith. But it has to be much deeper than that. 
Um, one of the stories that I have from that one is we're in uh, Richmond, Virginia. It was a huge place. I mean, massive place. There was five high schools within, you know, eight mile radius. It was just a huge place, tons of teenagers everywhere. And on Friday nights, we usually go to football games because obviously Friday nights, where all the teenagers going to be, the high, where all the high school is going to be, they're going to be at the football game. So we'd always go to football games on Friday nights. And uh, that night, actually, every single school, I think four out of the five schools had home football games that night. And it was like, man, this is awesome. God really opened up the doors to get tons of teenagers' names and numbers. And I was like, okay, this is awesome, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity. But to be honest with you, the first game, I never really had much faith. It was kind of like, okay, I'll go out. I have faith enough to go out. But, I mean, I don't know. The kids will just come to me. I mean, it's going to be awesome. There's going to be so many teenagers there. I don't even really have to do anything. Like, I, I don't have to have any faith. They're just going to come to me. I'm going to be able to get tons of names and numbers. It's going to be great. And the first game that I went to, it was packed. Like, it was crowded. Teenagers everywhere. I was like, man, this is awesome. This is a great opportunity. To, to, to get some names and numbers and stuff like that for the event this weekend. And then I just didn't have that faith. And I, I, was, I was there at the football game. I was kind of nervous. I was kind of scared. There's just so many people passing by and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, how in the world am I going to recruit? How in the world am I going to talk to these kids and stuff like that? And I was just like, uh, I have no clue. It overwhelms me. I didn't really have that faith that I needed. And I ended up getting like three names and numbers from that football game. And so I got back in that, that church van, and I was like, oh, God, that was three names and numbers from a football game that probably had at least 300 high school students. This is pathetic. This is terrible. So I just kind of broke down on the car. I was just like, all right, Lord, I have faith. Help me out. I need your help. I need your strength. I, I can't do this on my own. I saw what I could do on my own. Three names and numbers out of the hundreds of high school students there. I was like, I can't do it on my own, Lord. I, I, I have to have faith in you that you're going to be the one that brings them to me, that, that you're going to be the one that gives me the strength and the wisdom and the boldness that I need to go out and to, to get these teenagers to come to the church. And so I went to that second football game. I was ready to go. I prayed up. All right, I got faith. I'm ready to go. Lord, help, help, help me do what I need to do. And I ended up um, getting, like 50, I believe it was like 54 names and numbers at the football game. It was awesome. It was great. And one of the girls that actually ended up coming from there was uh, Marissa. She came the first night. She had actually come every single night, and she actually ended up getting saved that night. And it was really awesome to see how, you know, having no faith, getting those three names and numbers, and then just kind of Lord had to kind of break me down and to, to have me realize that, hey, I can't do this on my own. i got to rely on the strength of the Lord, and he's the one that's going to have to bring them, bring them in, into the church and stuff like that. So we saw 54, like I said, names and numbers, and then I got that, and then that one girl was ended up getting saved from that. So that was a really awesome thing to see. Um, another way that we had faith was when we go to public schools. So we go to public schools all the time, and we biggest thing that we try to do is we try to get into the school cafeteria. Now, um, he's, he told us about stories of, uh, of how in the world they were able to get in, like, almost others. He's just like uh, the evangelist that I traveled with, John Pound, he said, oh, yeah, you know, we were able to get into to lunchrooms almost every week. There was always lunchroom that we were able to get into at public schools and stuff like that. And so the first couple of weeks, I was like, okay, man, it's going to be awesome. I don't know how in the world you do it, but let's, yeah, let's go in there. Let's get into these, these public high school lunchrooms and, and invite these kids. And the first couple of weeks, we had none. It was just like none. We got shut down. 
every, every high school that we went to, even when we were able to talk to the principal, which is hardly ever, the principal was always out. He was always busy. always had something going on. And the first couple of weeks, it was just terrible. It was awful. We couldn't get any single one. And we got to this one uh, place in Missouri. It was a really small town. There was only one high school and one middle school in the whole entire town. And we're like, we prayed that morning. And we're like, all right, God, there's only, it's a really small town. There's only one high school. There's only one middle school. We're going to have to get into this high school if we're going to see a good turnout for this youth rally. And to be honest, our faith was kind of uh, shaky, but and then the, the, the evangelist, John Pound, he really got on us, and, and we really had faith that we were going to be able to get into that, into that lunchroom. So Cody, myself, and uh, Cody and, and myself, Cody was the other team captain, we went to talk to the uh, superintendent of both the middle school and the high school. He was, like, over the whole county and stuff like that. And so we went in there. I talked to him a little bit. I uh, told, told him what was going on. I said, we got this uh, community event, church event that's going on this weekend. And then he's like, oh, yeah, sounds great. Sounds awesome. Signed off on it. It was awesome. We go to the, the principal. He's like, yeah, just go talk to the principals. Make sure it's fine with them. They'll set up a time with you and stuff like that, and it'll be great. And so I went over to the, to the high school. The, he was the most, like, laid-back principal I have ever seen in my life. He's probably a little bit too laid-back. He was literally sitting back in his chair, and we're like, yeah, we got this event going on. We got it signed off by the superintendent. I was wondering what, when would be a good time to get a booth set up in the, in the, in the school cafeteria. He's like, oh, yeah, you can, you can come in today or tomorrow, whichever, whichever works out fine for you and stuff like that. And we're like, man, that is awesome. And so we, got, we went in there on a, on a Saturday, and he had said, yeah, you, you, you can just walk around to any single table, invite whoever you want to. You can do whatever you want to. And that was, in and of itself, that was amazing. Because uh, Brother Pound said that that was the first time he's ever heard of anyone being able to actually go walk around from table to table to table and actually invite the teens. Because most of the time when we do, when we are able to get into a public school lunchroom, usually we have to stand by our, our booth and they have to come approach us. But there he said, oh, yeah, you can just go approach any of these teenagers and stuff like that. And talk to them. And so I, we also went over to the middle school that same day. And we asked her if there was a time that we could set up a booth or anything like that. And she had said that there was a school, uh, student council that was there like the next day. So like all the middle school was in there. And so we were able to tell, tell the whole middle school about the event that was going on. And it was just, it was amazing to see. Because um, after seeing it just being shut down week after week after week, it was kind of faith, you know, kind of gets wavered. You know, is it really possible? We always come up with these excuses of, well, you know, the past couple years with all the school shootings and stuff like that, there's no, I don't, I don't see how there's going to be any way we can get in. And, but yet we had faith and then we saw the Lord, Lord come through and it was really awesome. So if we really want to see uh, the Lord work, first of all, we're going to have to be bold. We're going to have to go out there, put ourselves on a limb and see what the Lord can do. Second of all, we got to have faith. We got to know that, that God still works today. He, he really does. There's teenagers that really want to come to church. There's teenagers that really want to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Third, I learned uh, a lot was about prayer. This semester was prayer, for sure. Um, the first couple weeks was uh, training for us. So the first week was more spiritual emphasis, make sure that our hearts were right, and make sure that we were ready to go uh, spiritually on, on the tour. And one of the ways that uh, I was really encouraged that week was um, prayer. We had a lot of corporate prayers. So Cody, the other team captain, myself, and Brother Pound, the evangelist, 
Um, every morning when we started at 9 o'clock, we'd always have a corporate prayer, so we'd all pray together. And that was just a really awesome time. And I was also introduced to a um, praying for an hour a day. And so that, that whole week, we, we woke up early and we prayed for an hour every single morning. And that was just really awesome to see the Lord work in those prayers and, and was really able to see what the Lord what the Lord could do. But every single morning, it always started off with prayer. And then one of the prayers that we really prayed at the beginning of the tour, both Cody and myself, um, we said, you know what, Lord, this tour, we want to see at least, you know, we want to see it all the time. Like, we want to see you really work and, and do, do some amazing things. But we want to have at least one specific story where we can say, you know what, the, we had no part in this whatsoever. We want to have those, like, God moments. Like, this is, like, for sure. Like, I didn't do anything to go out and get this kid to come in. He either just come in by himself or whatever. So, Cody, the first week, um, actually, second week, excuse me, we were in uh, Volusia County. It was in uh, Florida. So, we were in uh, up in northern Florida. And he was out recruiting one day. So, he's inviting a whole bunch of teams and stuff like that to the event that was going on that weekend. And all of a sudden, there was a, a mom that had, had approached him and was like, hey, what's, you know, what's, what's this all about and stuff like that. And so he said the mom looked a lot younger. She, she looked like a young mom. She had a little baby in her hand and stuff like that. So he was kind of like, okay, you know, she doesn't have any teenagers. I mean, she's really young. She has a little baby. So obviously she doesn't have any teenagers. And so she kind of approached him and was like, yeah, what's going on this weekend? You know, I heard, I heard you talking to, to, to some of the teens and stuff like that. And he's like, uh, yeah, we got this. And he told him about the event. And he's like, yeah, you have any, any teenagers or anything that might be interested? And she's like, yeah, I got, I got five. And he's like, wait what? She's like, yeah, I got five teenagers. And she's, uh, and then she said, yeah, is it fine if, if they bring, like, their cousins and stuff like that? There's three more. So it was like, he's like, uh, yeah, 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 that'd be great. So he had eight right there. And the first night, he was really praying for them to be able to come in. And uh, we saw five of them ended up coming. And also the mom and then a couple of the kids. And all five of them accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. It was, uh, it was just one of those things where it's like, he, he even, he, that was his testimony for the whole tour. He's like, I wouldn't have approached them. I, she looked like she had a, she looked like she was really young and it wouldn't seem like she had teenagers whatsoever. But the Lord totally brought her uh, to him and, and the Lord really, really worked that out. Um, the other story that I have is when I was, uh, we were praying for one of the rallies. That was actually the same week. Um, First, first night was kind of lower numbers. We were kind of discouraged. It's a bigger youth group, but it's kind of lower numbers for, for new kids coming in. Not a whole lot of kids from the public school was coming in. The youth pastor was kind of like, oh, okay. It was, I mean, it's cool to see the few that were there, but it was like he was really wanting more. And uh, that night, we had prayed right before the service uh, had happened, right before our rally had started. And we're like, all right, God, you're going to you're gonna have to do something amazing tonight. And it was about 15 minutes before the rally was starting. So we were all getting the field ready. The field was all set up, actually. And so we were just kind of playing around with the teams and stuff like that, talking. And then all of a sudden, there was a park that was right outside the field. So it was right across the street from the church. And there was a big old park that was there. And all of a sudden, 15 minutes before the service, uh, 15 minutes before the rally started, I see two teenagers with their mom walking over there. I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I'll go, I'll go and see if they'll be able to come. I mean, not going to lie, I was kind of like, who in the world is going to come? Like, they're obviously going to the park. There was a skate park over there. They looked like skaters. It's like, they're probably going to go to the skate park. 
Who in the world is going to come? There's only 15 minutes till it starts. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah, it starts like right now. Yeah, come over here right now. And so I go up to them. I talk to them. Let them know what's going on. And they're like, oh, yeah, sound, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be, we'll be there. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, you're going to be there. Yeah, for sure. And so they actually ended up coming. But the coolest thing was when uh, we had, uh, had the invitation time, they were the first ones that stood up and said they wanted to get saved, and I was actually able to be the one that was, you know, helped guide them through, helped them show what salvation was, and give them the gospel, so that was just really awesome. Another moment where it's like, man, God, you really sent them my way, and it was, it was really a cool, a cool thing to see, and so that was the power of prayer. It really was. It wasn't anything that I had done. It wasn't anything that Cody had done. It wasn't anything that any of us could have done in and of ourselves. The Lord definitely brought them to us, and that was really in every story, but those in particular that I really saw. Um, Lloyd Corey actually said, he says, a prayer is not a substitute for work, thinking, watching, suffering, or giving. Prayer is a support for all of our efforts. So yes, most of, mostly everything that we did, you know, we had done our part. Prayer was the foundation, though. Prayer was the foundation that we built everything off of. Every single morning, like I talked about, before we would go out recruiting, before we would start our rallies, we would always start it with the foundation of prayer. But then again, we also didn't leave it there. We also just didn't have, you know, we just didn't go to every church every week and be like, all right, let's, let's hang out for a couple of days, and then we'll just pray really hard that people will come in and the teenagers will come and stuff like that. No, we still had to do some work. We went out there. We did the work. We went and invited these kids and stuff like that. But prayer was always that foundation that we saw. And we just built off of that, and we were able to see what the Lord can do. Fourth and finally, one of the things that I was able to see this tour, that we are definitely in a spiritual battle, for sure. I, I never really realized how much of a spiritual battle that we are actually in until, until this tour. Um, just many things I was able to see and how the, 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 how the devil really, you know, had, had, had his way in some of, the, uh, some of the nights and rallies and stuff like that. But... You know what? Nobody ever said the Christian life is, is going to be easy. Nobody ever said that the Christian life is just going to be a cakewalk. We're just going to walk through life, and it's going to be great and awesome, and you'll never have any trials or troubles in your life. Uh, no, that's not true. Uh, Ephesians 2.2 2 says that the devil is the prince and the power of the air. Like, sure, he had to he has have control of this uh, world. Um, there's definitely a ton of trials that I said that we faced along the way. The weather, some nights the weather was just awful. Recruiting days, pouring rain. Hardly any school walk-offs. Hardly anybody was walking away from school. And uh, that was rough. Um, sometimes getting along with the other team members, it's also sometimes kind of hard. I mean, we traveled in a little time. Well, we traveled in a big truck, but it was only a cab and a half. And I'm six foot two. That half cab with these, this body, no way. I was like about like that far away from, from the, the seat in front of me. Being that close to some people, is, uh, sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes it gets rough. And so also sometimes uh, having troubles with team members and stuff like that. Um, next one, angry parents. Oh, man, angry parents. We had a slew of angry parents get on us. A ton of them called the cops on us. Yes, oh, man, I, I'm not going to get on with that. Um, we had uh, one week in particular, the week we were in uh, Richmond, Virginia, we had the cops called on us like, three or four times. Um, one of the team members, Cody, I guess he looked a little bit more sketchy than I was, I guess. Like, he, he, he had went to a football game, and uh, he said, he's at the football game. He, we already, at, you know, the cops knew, knew what we were doing and stuff like that, so they said it's fine and stuff like that. But, um, 
but some of the parents were still really mad and everything. And so he was at a football game one night, and he was just passing out the flyers like normal. And all of a sudden, a cop comes up to him, and he has his phone out. He's like, is this you? He's like, uh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, you can't be here. And he's like, yeah, you can't be here passing out these flyers and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, the devil really, really was on him that whole week. And he was really fighting what we were doing. And, you know, that's, that's sometimes, I mean, we're in a spiritual battle. You know, the devil's always going to be on us. Uh, and, and, and whatever you see, the, um, you see that uh, fight back, you probably know it's probably something good. Not like you're always going to see fight back. I mean, sometimes we do, sometimes we have rallies, tons of kids will come out, hardly any problems. So I'm not saying that, you know, if you don't have the devil fight back on you, you must not be doing something right. But sometimes the devil does fight back. Sometimes you are going to have those trials. You are going to have those struggles um, along the way. Our, our evangelist said, uh, the pound, he said that if it doesn't make sense, it makes sense. You know, the devil's always fighting. Uh, some of the things didn't make sense this tour. Like, God, why in the world is it raining today? Um, one night I was at a, a burger place. It's called Whataburger. I don't know if any of you guys know what Whataburger is, but it's just a burger shack. And so we had just got done with a football game, recruiting at a football game one night. And we had a parent text us, and he's like, hey, there's tons of teams at this Whataburger. I was like, okay, cool. You know, we can go out recruiting a little bit late tonight. And so, but we've had so many times when a church member is like, there are a ton of teens at Whataburger, and they'd be like five or six. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, there's teens there. And so we drive up into the parking lot, and I see there's a bunch of cars there. I'm like, okay, so, you know, it looks like there's some people here. And then all of a sudden, I see this teen was like on a table. I was like, okay, that's, that's kind of weird. Uh, okay. And then we drive a little bit closer. There was at least 75 to 100 teenagers in that Whataburger. It was completely packed. There was no way that anybody could sit down. People everywhere. So I go up to this one guy. I go to start talking to him. I was like, yeah, we're, we're, what in the world's going on? Like, what is happening? He's like, uh, yeah. And I asked him what school they go to and whatever. And then he's like, oh, yeah, Spring Creek or Spring Lake. They're both from the schools that was nearby. They actually just had a rivalry game. He's like, yeah, you didn't hear about the fight last year? I was like, no. I was like, I'm actually with a group called the War Blitz. And I went to recruiting him, like, right away and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I get this guy's name and number. I was like, man, this is going to be awesome. There's gonna, I got to get tons of names and numbers just right now in this one place. Gets this one guy and his name and number. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, Sam, come over here. Come over here. You got to sign up for this event. It's going to be awesome. And then I get him signed up. And all of a sudden, it looked like the fire sprinklers went off, like, inside the Whataburger. All of a sudden. Tons of teenagers book it out of that place, jump in their car, fly out of the parking lot. And I'm like, oh, man, what in the world is happening? There was like a big old food fight in there. Teenagers running. The cops came in, turned on their lights. More teenagers started running out. Kids doing burnouts in the street, doing donuts in the, the parking lot and stuff like that. I'm like, what in the world just happened? And so it was kind of a great story because, okay, to be honest with you, at the beginning of the tour, I was like, I want to finish this tour and have so many awesome stories and, like, sermon illustrations. Like, I want to have a massive book full when I get done with this trip. And then at the very end, I was like, okay, that was a cool story. But, and then again, that could have been a ton of teenagers that would have been able to go to this event. And it was really discouraging at the very end. I was like, man, you know what? It, it didn't make sense. But it also, once again, it did make sense. The devil was fighting. The devil didn't want me to get those numbers. And it was just crazy to see how, the, how that we are always at war. But we also know that we have the victory. 
And we, we have that one that it, our, our leader, Jesus Christ, he's already won for us and on our behalf. And we're just down here on this earth fighting the battle as long as we can, fighting the battle for souls. And let me just tell you, this past three months, if it told me anything, as I've mentioned before and time again, that the gospel still does work. There are still people out there that need to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And that we can only reach them if, one, we're bold. It's not going to be easy. We're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. I've been pulled out of my comfort zone all this past three months. And I want all of us in here, get out of our comfort zone. Let's invite some people. We got the Farm Fest coming up this weekend. Let's get out of our comfort zone and invite people back. Christmas coming up. Let's get out of our comfort zone and let's be bold. Second of all, I want us to simply just to have faith. I have a faith that's deeper than I'm going out and doing this, but having faith that we believe that we're going to see God do an amazing work. Third, let's be people of prayer. You know, prayer has to be the foundation of everything that we do. And fourth and finally, let us understand that we're in a battle every single day. But know that we have the victory in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.